Phenomenon. 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 Hello readers and welcome to the Omcast. Uh, my name is Dom, that's one half of the Omcast, I'm joined by Tom. Say hello Tom. Hello. Uh, so this week, or for this episode anyway, we are doing something that we don't usually do, which is a spoiler special. Um, and we're doing this, um, predictably, <laughs> for Avengers Endgame. Um, we gave it a bit of a cursory review uh, last week, on the last episode. Um, just our initial thoughts, with no spoilers whatsoever. The film has now been out for about a week, and... By the looks of it, every human being on the planet has gone to go and see it because it's made yeah. an insane amount of money. Like one and a half billion dollars. I mean, we are you know part of that you know section of the population who would have gone and seen it multiple times. So between us now, I think you've seen it twice. Yep. I've seen it three times. Yep. Um, because we're that kind of you know person. I'm sure there's plenty of other people out there who've seen it multiple times, which is a big factor in contributing to this insane box office that it's got. Um, but basically what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about all the spoiler stuff. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get into a bit more detail about what the stuff we liked about the movie, the stuff we didn't like about the movie, um, and all, all the things it means. Because as you can tell from the way we've been talking over the last couple of weeks, we're massive fans of this franchise. Um, yeah. And we've been following it since day one. Mega nerds. Yeah. So we're going to get into it because now it's the end game. Um <laughs> Like it goes without saying, if it was you have, the end game. It was the end game. Um, if it goes without saying, if you haven't seen the film yet, you probably shouldn't listen to this. No, if you haven't seen the film, just turn this off and go and see it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, up front straight away. What were your when you first walked out of it? Because we didn't actually see it together the first time. We both went to midnight showings. Yeah, um, but we weren't at the same place. I don't know. I can imagine. Like I remember you saying last time, you were an absolute wreck during it, and your mm-hmm. brother had to tell you to calm down. <laughs> Um, but stepping out of it, were were you also a wreck? Were you you blubbering? Yes and no. So the first time that I went to see it, I loved it. Yeah. And I was incredibly emotional throughout the whole thing, but it took me so long to process it because it's been 10 years, 11 years. Yeah. 20 plus films, and it's culminated to this step. And it's the same way... It's the same way that I feel when I read a book. Like there's like once I finish the book, there's like this emptiness for a while. There's this like void of yeah, I know what you mean. <clears throat> when, you put, when you put when you finish it, you put it down. And you go oh now what? Yeah, it's the same way like when you finish playing a game that takes you ages. Yeah, like, so, like I remember like last time when I finished playing um, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, um, because that game is like a fucking you know hundred hour game. <laughs> You're like yeah. no no no, I'm in this now. I'm part of Dutch's crew. Mm-hmm. You don't understand. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, and then when it's over, it's like, oh, shit, now what? I think that is a reaction a lot of people have had. Like, when I went, people that were coming out of, when I, when, you know, the initial conversation was like, well, shit, now what? Because it's over. Yeah. Like, the idea of it being over and it not leading to something. And, the, and a big part of that was like, there wasn't a post credit scene. No. Which is a, and it's a very definitive full stop. This is it, mm-hmm. and that is unusual because all these Marvel movies we've got so used to, to them building up to something that we just we're always thinking and about the next al- one. There's always another step because 
the post credit scenes and the the post credit scenes, the seeding of other films, the mm. seeding of storylines and hints and like little things being dropped in there and Easter eggs. There's so much to sort of pick apart in any sort of single MCU film mm. that when you get to a stage like this, you go, but, but surely there's more. Yeah. Like the only thing that we know at this point is there's going to be far from home. There's a Spider-Man film coming out in a couple of months. That's it. And after that, it may, it could be, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, we've just, we've made $20 billion off of these films. See ya. That's ridiculous. Like obviously, that's obviously, obviously that's not going to happen. But there is. It will make twenty billion more. Yeah, and you just sort of think it is like a generational change to cinema because we haven't had anything of this scope, no, and this spectacle before. Hmm. It's one of the most well, both Infinity War and Endgame are two of the most expensive films of all time. Yeah, not as expensive Own, as Pirates of the Caribbean. Not as expensive as Age of Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> not as expensive as Pirates of the Caribbean, the latest one, which nobody saw. Bizarre. Anyway, <clears throat> um, I mean, yeah, we, we're going to, later on, we'll, we'll talk about what this means going forward. Um, but really, we need to get into the film itself. So, yeah. for those who don't know, the, the sort of the basic premise of this, obviously, is picking up after Infinity War, mm-hmm. where at the end of Infinity War, half the universe and half the characters that we got to know disappeared. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking at the time I was a little bit meh about the whole idea where it was basically what we, we were left with were the original Avengers, the original mm-hmm. six. I was like, that's a bit convenient. And yeah, it is, but it's, like, it's a comic book movie. What do you want? Yeah. Um, so I sort of accepted that as it went on. But what that means is this movie serves as a goodbye to those original six and a sort of a tying up of their stories. And it works better for some characters than it does for others. I think. Yeah. Um, because there are some that are left hanging and some that get, are given definitive ends. Um, so it means that there's potentially more to come for some of them. Um, but for the characters that it does end, I think it does really, really well. Yeah. And I don't, I, you know, there's no beating around the bush. We are talking about the, you know, the how the characters have been served throughout up until this point. I think the the real meat of this film is with Iron Man, Captain America, yeah, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Black Widow. yeah, um, the Hulk, Lesso, and Thor, yeah, and I think it successfully ties a lot of this in, especially yeah. especially with Tony and Steve, yeah. Um, and I think what impressed me most about it, I think something I I picked up particularly going on repeat viewings. Is how little, how much of it is just character motivated, and how much of it is there. There isn't actually that much action in this movie until the end. The end, the last forty-five minutes are insane, and some of the best superhero action you've ever seen. Yeah, because it's just like the biggest battle ever, and it's amazing. But for the first two and a half hours, because it's a very long film, Mm -hmm. um, for the first half of it, there isn't actually that much action. There's there are spectacular things that happen. They go to space, they go to there's time travel involved, as I'm sure you know, and all the rest of it. But there's no actual fist fights or like action set pieces or anything like that. Not really. Because no. it's all just about the characters and them having conversations with one another. And it does feel like so I I watched it the other day and there were lots of young kids in the audience and they were getting a bit restless in the middle of it. And that's fine, but I feel like 
it's not it's for people like us it's for fans who are like adult fans who've been watching it for like since day one um and it has a lot of that grown-up sort of sensibility about it yeah um particularly like in relation like you say to to um tony and like his becoming a father is one of the big themes of the whole thing yeah absolutely and again, like we're saying, we're not going to beat around the bush too much here because the assumption we've got right here is that all of you that are listening have seen this. The arcs that we get, like Steve, for example, is served from his initial appearance to his end here. They are very much bookmarked. Yeah. Tony's exactly the same. Yeah. You know, it's it's alluded to in previous films where he's like oh i just wish i could have spoken to my dad one last time yeah he gets that yeah he gets the family he gets to see pete come back he gets to see all of these things happen yeah he gets to see them win he goes against his dream where the, the dream that he had in age of ultron where he was the the sole survivor and everyone else was dead it's the other way around yeah and then also just like yeah it's all these little things that have been seeded throughout about having the family life and that was yeah, and all of them having that. So Steve yeah. talks about how the guy who wanted that went into the ice, mm-hmm. and he's not that guy anymore. Tony's like, maybe I'll build Pepper a farm, and that's essentially what he does. I mean, it's not yeah. a farm, but it's a little lake house. Yeah, but it's the same thing. And again, it all revolves around that. Like the way the film opens is with Hawkeye's family mm-hmm. going, and it's because and that was the central point of Age of Ultron, where they all went to that farmhouse. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a different farm now, but. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, whatever. Um, but yeah, like it, it sets the tone and it sort of sets up that these are the stakes very early on. Like that opening scene with Hawkeye's family. Yeah. Like we all knew what was coming, but it was just, it was brutal. And it sets up very early on that, yeah, this isn't the kind of film that you think is, or, you know, this isn't what, like the previous movies. Mm-hmm. But I will say, like, the first sort of 20 minutes, like, thing, it fucking books it. Yeah. <laughs> the, amount of, like, the amount of stuff that happens in the first. 20 minutes is unreal. So, like, first of all, Tony gets saved from space mm-hmm. um, by Captain Marvel. There's no expert. There's one thing I will say as well. It's like, they don't give any explanation as to how Captain Marvel turned up. If you have, well, we know because we've seen the previous movie and the post credits sting and all the rest of it. Yeah. But I was, I was expecting there to be a scene where you see her getting the page. Yeah. And then, but then I feel like this film is so crammed full of stuff. There's no time for stuff like that. No, and that's like, the thing. It's it's one of those things where, because I, I saw it and went, huh, wonder how she found them that. Doesn't matter. We've got other things to deal no, with. Doesn't right matter. Now. We've got time. It means that by doing that as quickly as we did, it means we had then time to have the scene where they're reunited and Tony has that scene with Cap. Yeah. Where he's really angry with him. And that's an amazing scene. And Which I will say. Probably one of the most powerful moments in the entirety of the MCU so yeah. far. Yeah. Like, I feel like both Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans give their absolute best performances in this movie. Yeah. They're absolutely smash it, and it's because they're given the material to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, Tony gets he gets a lot of range, and he gets a lot of sort of... He's angry, and he's bitter, and he, but he's also... The whole thing of him being a father, and seeing that side of him, mm-hmm. which we never saw before, which has played out really well. And say with Cap, Cap dealing with that loss and like him sitting in that that scene at the beginning, the support group, the support group. and you can see that he's saying all this stuff and trying to give people advice, but really he's holding it back. Yeah. And it's really difficult for an actor to do that, but Chris Evans absolutely nails it, mm-hmm. and you can see the like the weight of everything <clears throat> on him. 
and he's like, really, he just wants to break down and like not. Have, but yeah, because he's Captain America, he has to. He's got the weight of the world in his shoulders, quite literally. And it's just like, fuck, and it's so good. And the, the, there are so many. And again, and same with um, Scarlett Johansson gives an amazing performance. Yeah, so does Jeremy Renner. But it's like the quieter performances that you see from from all of them, really. I mean, as much as Downey's moment when he sort of breaks down when he's having a go at Cap and he's like emaciated and he can barely stand and he's tearing the IV out of his arm. That's a really powerful moment. But I think the more intense ones is when you look at the moment where, um, when Natasha finds out that she talks to Rhodey through the projection and he says that what, what Clint has been up to. Yeah. And then he goes yeah. And then you just see her completely. That's changed. literally what the moment I was thinking of. It wasn't like because obviously the, the ta- again spoiler alert. Natasha dies in this movie, and there yeah. is a very powerful scene between her and Clint later on. But I, the standout moment when I'm thinking about Scarlett Johansson's performance in this is that moment. Is that bit mm-hmm. after Rhodey and everything. she has this sort of Skype conference call with all the different people who are avenging, um, and then they hang up, and she's left there just for a bit, just for probably thirty seconds. Before Cap turns up, yeah, and she just—you can see just the grief and the the pain of everything on her, and the way they sort of her eyes are bulging out of her, you know, she and she's really going for it. She's got this whole look about her where she's got her red hair is starting to grow back again with the with the yellow, yellow blonde. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't understand hair. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, yeah, and that I think is like a super yeah. intense moment as well. I like that there are parts when, like, like you can see it in her face, like you say, you can see it in the way she holds herself. But then it's the point when Cap walks back in that room, mm. and then it cuts back to her, and she's completely different again. She's sitting different. She's yeah. acting different. She's her body language is entirely different. She's holding herself in a totally different way because yeah. you're like. This is what she does. Yeah. This is how good like Scarlett Johansson is at playing Black Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Is that she can turn this moment from being absolutely broken about her best friend to being like completely back on it and yeah. right. No, no, I've got to be. I'm working. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and yeah, and like, I mean, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but I'm I'm really happy that. There, there is one other movie that we know is coming, which is the Black Widow movie. Yeah. Um, again, that's one of the only things that we know for a fact is happening mm-hmm. because they couldn't hide it. They've started casting. They've got a director and all the rest. Yeah, of were it. they? Yeah. They've um, done everything but announce it. Yeah. Um, so what what that effectively means then, because of the way this film goes, is that it's going to be a prequel, some description. I presume so. Yeah. Um, but it also means that she will have even more screen time because she's always been side characters she doesn't have her own franchise like all the rest of them do and if anything ever proved that she needs her own vehicle is this movie yeah for sure um because she's been part of it since 2010 Mm -hmm. she was first introduced in iron man 2 so she's an integral part of the whole thing but she's like unlike tony and cap who've had their own trilogy she's been in the as long as cheetor has yeah she's been in it longer than chris evans has yeah and She's had more appearances than a lot of them. Yeah. So, and like, yeah, like I said, this 100% proves that she deserves to have a full movie to sort of explore oh, God, yeah. And hopefully they can 
make it. I feel like if you're doing a Black Widow movie, it would need to be a, a bit darker and a bit more have a bit more of an edge to it. Yeah. Um, I'd hope it wouldn't be too Marvel quippy, if you know what I mean. I think, as much it, as I love the quips, don't get me wrong. I think it will be because they have they do have a method, and even the darkest ones still have lines. Yeah, true. But like, like yeah. that's what again going Winter back Soldier. to Endgame. Winter Soldier doesn't have that many lines. I mean, it does on your left. It's like a prime example. Yeah, but that's like, <laughs> oh god. But yeah, and, the, and those are those things, and you know the conversation they have in the car. Yeah, you know, and he's like, um, when they're saying about kissing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and like, it's I don't, I there don't are really... lighter moments in there, and even like, and that again, saying that... about Endgame. What surprised me so much about this was how funny it was. Yeah. It was funny, and the, but then thinking about it, so we've already talked now about the the more emotionally driven characters. So we got Natasha, um, Tony, Cap, uh, Clint, Clint, those, and Thor to his less well. Thor rides the line in between them. Thor somewhere in the middle, but then you've got so you've got Thor, Hulk, and Ant Man, and they to me are like the lighter side of things to yeah. balance everything out. Yeah, and you get everything in the middle. Not necessarily 100% on board with all of that. Like, Ant-Man, 100%. That's exactly his role. And Paul Rudd absolutely kills it and is a delight in every bit that he's in. Yeah. Thor, I feel like they it's a delicate balance. I don't know how I feel about... Because, basically, I love that they made it... They basically make Thor, fat Thor, throughout this movie. Yeah. But I don't know how I feel about that being treated as a joke. Or a punchline. So, you know I mean? The fact that someone's fat is a punchline. Is yeah. that okay? I, it's, I like the fact that they they sort of really turned it on its head from the one person that you always expect to be super ripped in all of these yeah. films. It was, yeah, is Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. and he got a and, massive reaction when he first turned round. Yeah, um, and the, it did get a, and it did get a big reaction. I think yeah, watching it twice, I don't think it's played. As much as he's fat, he's overweight. I think it's the fact that he's so different. He's this yeah. slacker, and he's got like a dressing gown and a hoodie, yeah. and tracksuit bottoms and yeah, sunglasses, he, and he's, he's constantly got a beer in his hand. He's literally cosplaying as the Big Lebowski. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. To uh, a point where that's what Tony calls him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess like again, watching it again the second time, I, I, I feel the same as you. Is that what they're trying to say? Is that his being overweight and his being the way he is is a result of his Sort of PTSD, PTSD. Yeah, yeah, PTSD, and his guilt that he feels because Thor, like they really play up on the fact that he could have killed Thanos when you know before he snapped. Yeah, and he does in the, at the beginning of this movie, he kills him. Yeah, that's the other thing that completely floored me when that first happened. Yeah, like we were like ten minutes in, and they went, "We're going to go find him." Okay, found him. Everyone kicked his ass. First and cut his arm off. Cut his arm off. And like they planned it out clearly. Like, right, you do this, you do this. They got Captain Marvel there because she's powerful enough to hold him. And then go and then once they realised that what he did, which was destroy the Infinity Stones, Thor just goes, Okay, and cuts his head off. Yeah. And you, we're all just out there just like What? What? And they and they like they brilliantly like play it out like when they do then it goes to a black screen. Five and then there's this long, long pause. What felt like an absolute fucking <laughs> It was probably only like three seconds, but it feels so fucking. So five, five what? Five weeks? Five days? What? What is it? What? Five years later, and you're like, holy shit. And like already you're just like, yeah, completely engaged. Um, 
But for Thor, that means that, yeah, in that five-year gap, he basically becomes, yeah, the Big Lebowski. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasis on big. Yeah. And, like, yeah, he puts on weight. He has become really sort of unkempt. Apparently, he doesn't go out. He doesn't mm. do anything. He's just hanging out with his slacker mates. Yeah, I love that. was a good way. I love they had found a natural way to get Corgi Meek. Yeah. In there as well. Because they, they are, like, fans, well, particularly Corgi anyway. Is a fan favorite character from Ragnarok, and they actually found a way that the story of Thor's character arc would allow him to be hanging out with Korg and playing Fortnite. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's fucking brilliant, and and he, I don't think he has so much of like a, a significant arc throughout this because he doesn't he doesn't really change that much I don't know I think what it is for me that watch it again it just comes on multiple viewings but it's so what happens eventually essentially is that they all then go back through time all yeah. the characters to get the infinity stones yeah. that's the mission is to go back get the infinity stones from the past so they can use them in the future yeah. and bring everyone back so what that means for Thor is going back to Thor the Dark World the, yeah. m- the much maligned Thor the Dark World yeah um, but what they do really well actually is they actually have him had this whole thing with his mum. Yeah. Which never really got addressed before. So his mum died in Thor the Dark World. A lot of people would have forgotten about it. But they make it a really strong character point for Thor. Mm-hmm. And he's sat there. He gets another day with his mum on the day that she dies. Yeah. And he gets to sit there and talk to her. And But then what comes out of that is she goes, look, you stop trying to be who you're supposed to be. You're always trying to be Thor, the God of Thunder, the, the heir to the throne, all this. Stop that. Just be you. Yeah. And that's what he does, and that's and then that is his arc. So when he gets get that advice, and then he sort of accepts that, accepts who yeah. he is for, for who he is, then he's worthy of the hammer. And at the very end of the movie, he says he gives up everything to do with. Yeah, he does. He gives up he goes, the monarchy. He gives he says, up. Look, look, this isn't me. I'm I'm just gonna stop pretending and try and forcing myself into it. I'm gonna hand over to someone who is a natural leader, and I'm gonna go find myself on a, on a Thor's. Galactic Gap Year, which is going to be Thor 4, directed by Taika Waititi. It's going to Thor be amazing. Thor 4, Guardians of the Galaxy. As Guardians of the Galaxy, it's going to have Beta Ray Bill. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so that's his arc. And now I think he's quite a strong arc. And I hope that they're able to push on with that. Because like I say, he, he ends up in a fairly good place at the end of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he gets a good arc. The one that I feel like was very was underserved in it, I was disappointed by, was Hulk and Bruce Banner. Yeah, I mean, the the thing that I have with Hulk is that it's tricky to do too much with the Hulk because they they can't use him on his own, and depending on how much that they do with him, makes it a Thor film, a Hulk film, which then means that they they're quite open to get sued. I think yeah. the way that the Russos explained it is, I'm accepting of like. Uh, I agree. I would have liked to have seen more. Yeah. But there's, if you think about, because they can't do another Hulk film on their own. So you take the outcome of the Incredible Hulk, which is Avengers Assemble. Yeah. That then feeds into Age of Ultron, which then feeds into Ragnarok, which then feeds into Infinity War, which feeds into Endgame. So there is an arc across that. Yeah. But just is that yeah. his battle before, and then. Especially in Infinity War, where it was it was the fact that the Hulk got his ass handed to him right at the start of the film, and just didn't come out anymore. Yeah. 
And now they're at the point where they've got that acceptance of one another yeah. and have unified to become this yeah. Professor Hulk. I just feel like that deserves more exploration. More exploration do you know what I mean? Yeah. That whole, the, the, his whole thing, his entire character is about the yin and yang sort of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, how do you reconcile the two halves of you? And then he, his development into getting those two together, which has been building up since... Not only since this version of the Hulk, but all versions of the Hulk. We've never seen anything like that for mm. him to be able to control it. And it happens off screen. Yeah. It happens in between. He basically they meet up with him in this movie and he's fully hulked out, but now it's Mark Ruffalo doing mocap yeah. and he's talking and wearing shirts and wearing glasses and he's Professor Hulk. Yeah. Um and he just go and he just gives an explanation, he goes, Oh, I spent eighteen months in a gamma lab and now I'm alright. But the I think the thing that sort of didn't sit right with me about him is that he was just happy <laughs> yeah and i think it's him like everyone fu- else is broken but he just seems like really like quite literally a jolly green giant yeah like movie. i think it's that it shows the different scales yeah. of grief yeah is that he's he's at the point of acceptance I guess so. Tony is at the point of he's Tony is having his own life now. Yeah. Everything else is behind him. Nothing else matters. He tinkers, he does this, he does that. But he's got his wife and he's got his daughter. Cap is just desperately trying to help everybody else. Um Natasha is trying to bring Clint back, but also trying to keep everybody in control and trying to have some sort of semblance of normality. Oh, she has this great line as well. Thor has given up. Yeah. And um, then it's Hulk is sort of, he's gone, I, I can't change what has happened. As mm-hmm. he says, you can't change the past. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't do this. He's at the point where he's accepted, not only that everything has happened, because he couldn't change that. And they tried, mm-hmm. but they failed. But he's accepted the fact that of who he is, inside and out mm. and has found that balance and has sort of found that zen yeah I guess so I just wish that he was I think maybe they should have shown him like doing something positive like or doing something like going out there and making a difference because everyone does is doing something to make a difference yes yeah. and he's like like he went off sorted himself out and then is now just sort of chill like mm-hmm. hanging out like taking selfies with kids and dabbing and all that and like like I would have loved to see him like yeah, they go and find him and he's work he's doing charity work or something. Or he's, yeah. that's him finding his Zen and helping rebuild the world using his intelligence and his strength. Yeah. That would have been great to see that like right, he's working on rebuilding a school or something. Mm-hmm. Um because that would have because they're heroes. These people are meant to be heroes and they just sort of I don't know. Anyway, just move on from that. I hope that because Hulk is still around at the end of this movie. And I hope they can still use him. Um, like I say, they have got this issue of not being able to do a full movie for him because it's the you know, the rights and stuff are all tied up with Universal. But I hope that by keeping him around, they're able to use him as a bit player. Um, and the other thing I think is a shame is that Ruffalo wasn't didn't get an opportunity because we were talking earlier about how everyone gives an absolutely amazing performance mm-hmm. and it's given some really meaty, dramatic stuff to do. I feel like Mark Ruffalo is a fucking brilliant dramatic actor. Yeah. And he hasn't been used to his full potential. Um, yeah. In this role. And the role itself lends itself to it. And, and it, we saw glimpses of it in the first Avengers movies where he had yeah. the whole suicidal thoughts even. Yeah. So it's it's the perfect meaty 
sort of role for a, for an actor like that to get into. But for whatever reason, they haven't been able to. He just hasn't fit because it's been more about Tony and Cap. And I get that; it's fine. But look, we've got we've got plenty more to go. Like from here, we've got plenty of distance for the Hulk to do things sort of ongoing. I hope so. Oh, but like I said before, like in a previous in our previous episode, that there there is only so much that you can do with the Hulk. I guess so. Yeah. Because there is the bit at the start where he's just battling against it and he hates it mm. and he keeps referring to him as the other guy. Yeah. And there is the point where he was like, I didn't say a way out, I tried to kill myself. And in Ultron he refers to himself as a monster, he just can't have anything, he's gotta go away again. Yeah. Then he does go away and he's always being used as well yeah so because he gets out of control so he's just a WND that they just point in a direction yeah. and he goes I just wish that, yeah I wish that even if it just be one scene where like he reacts to because that's the other thing is that I feel that they they very much not given him anything to do in terms of that storyline that he had with Natasha mm. which was a great humanising and allowed Ruffalo and um, Johansson to do some great work but for whatever reason, the Russo brother, maybe they just didn't have time for it or whatever it was, they just didn't really get... They had, there was one moment in Infinity War where yeah. they went, oh, this is awkward. And that's it. Like, yeah. They don't have any sort of conversation really in the end game. And then even when she dies, he has one moment or he, he's fully hulked out at that point. So you don't get the full impact of a Ruffalo performance, which would have been great. Um, but anyway, I don't, I don't want to bang on about the stuff that we didn't get because the stuff we did get was fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's all about Tony and Cap. Yeah, by and large, it is. It's about the original six, but the primary is the exit of Black Widow, yeah. which is her sacrifice to the Soul Stone, which is yeah. a great scene between Absolutely. her and Hawkeye. Yeah, so there's just, they we, basically have a fight about who they both want to kill themselves for the other one. Yeah. Which is this really like poignant like and I think and it was the edge of your seat cinema. I was just like, Oh my god, I don't know what I want to happen. I don't know who I don't know, I don't know what I yeah. want. Yeah. I think I think Natasha's was a more was a nobler sacrifice yeah. because she wanted to be the one to sacrifice herself. Yeah. Because Clint has a family. Yeah. And he would be able to get his family back. He was doing it because it was what he felt he should do. And because he killed a load of people and yeah. he's not that guy anymore. Yeah, he, feel, so, he feels guilty about what he'd become. Yeah, and um, she's given him that opportunity yeah. to be be the family man again, to yeah. do the right thing again, which I think will pay off if we do get anything else with him in, is that, no, no, he's done. Yeah. He's not coming back. No, I think... Because, well, of, yeah. because he got given that opportunity. His best friend sacrificed her own life. Yeah. And fought him to do so yeah. and outsmarted him to do so so he can have that family again he is not going to risk any of it absolutely not no um, but what, what I like as well that I, and I'm hoping they'll they'll hit on this point I mean they haven't confirmed it yet but I'm hoping that they will maybe you know in um, San Diego Comic Con or whatever that he will have a role to play in the Black Widow movie mm-hmm. and that role will be so the, the backstory between the two of them is that Clint was sent to assassinate Natasha yeah. when she was working for the Russian government and he saw something in her where we don't know all the ins and outs of it but he saw something and decided not to kill her he didn't fulfill he brought her in he brought her in instead when what he should have done was kill her and this then brings it full circle so she goes you gave me this life basically you made that call and she has this really great moment early with Kat where she was like being part of the Avengers made me a better person yeah 
and I want to be that's why I'm clinging on to it so much and trying to get it back and so she feels that Clint gave her that he pulled her out of the dark part of her life and into this made her a hero so she then is repaying that by going okay you let me live all this time now I'm going to you gave me a family. You gave me a family. I'm going to close the loop. I'm going to die so that you can live. Yeah. Which is fucking beautiful. And I just hope that they can therefore play that up in Black Widow movie. And then it will be it will be that much more tragic <clears throat> once we see it. Do you know what I mean? It was, it's a, it'll be a bit... Because like, I think what's happened now with the Black Widow movie is that it's going to be a little bit like um, Solo, the Star mm-hmm. Wars. Is we just lost this character. Now let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. And it will be that much more sad and poignant. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that's what they do with that. But yeah, she, yeah, absolutely amazing send off. Uh... Yeah, I agree. Um, so what would you say is, I know it's going to be difficult, but your like top moment. Of well, the we film... all know what the top moment is going to be, don't we? What? Top moment, like collectively for the whole world, I think top moment is going to be, um, Cap yeah. catching the catching Monier. Monier? Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Yeah, so there's a moment and we kinda saw it coming, but it was just fucking brilliant. Um and every time I've seen it there's been a reaction from the audience, like a mm-hmm. cheer or a clap, and it's a moment where they're fighting Thanos. So Thanos comes back, long story short. Um, he finds out what they're doing with the whole time manipulation thing and comes back and fights them. There's this big fight on Earth. And at one point, he's got Thor pinned down and he's pushing Stormbreaker, the axe, into Thor's chest. Yeah. And it looks like all is lost. And then he just gets hit in the back of the head by the, by the, the hammer. And you hear that sound, which they've absolutely nailed. Like, we know what that sound means. Yeah. Um, and it swings back. And then Cap grabs it. And he's got the, the Thor's hammer in one hand and the shield in the other. And just... Yeah, pure, absolute fucking nerdgasm. Yeah. Everyone loves it. Everyone claps. It's the equivalent of Thor turning up in Wakanda in Infinity, Infinity War. Um, and everyone absolutely fucking loved it. So that moment, and then what happens immediately after that is he just absolutely kicks Thanos' ass with it and has this whole sequence where he's sort of using the hammer and the shield in tandem. Yeah. And just absolutely cleaning up. Um, and that was, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> I'm going to say something different. Okay. For me... On your left? It was the Avengers Assemble minute. Yeah. Like, both times I've watched that, it's brought me to tears. Assemble. Just because it's just... Like I'm getting I'm getting tingly about it, just thinking <laughs> about it now. It's... It is... It's culmination of 11 years of yeah. these films, of these things that... It absolutely brought the kid out of me from yeah. reading these comic books and just being mind blown about what I'm seeing in there. And there are moments when you're like, like there, when you get really upset about when you see something happen in a comic and you're like, this is a fucking comic book. I shouldn't be getting so upset about this. I use example, Fear Itself is a good one. Mm. It's Tony sacrifices his alcoholism to Odin mm. to get these weapons to beat the villains that are in there. And it's this really powerful moment where he just gets drunk on wine. And he's like, is that what you fucking want? Is that enough for you? Yeah. And then stuff happens. But it's like this moment in particular, it's just that slow build up from when yeah. Sam comes up. Sam, he's yeah. like, Cap. On your left. Can you hear me? It's Sam. 
I made because that whole the way they lead up to that is just fucking brilliant. So they had the whole fight. Um, Iron Man's down for the count. Thor's down for the count. It's just Cap that he breaks his shield. He gets his shield completely ripped apart, and Steve, being Steve, gets up, straps it to himself, and he grits like, his teeth. Grits his teeth, and he walks out. And Thanos has just summoned up like his greatest army ever, as talking about how he's going to enjoy wiping out our planet. And there's this amazing shot, and I need, I need someone to make some sort of matte painting of it that I can have on my wall. <laughs> can you imagine? Just it's literally, it reminds me of the Last Jedi, where it's Luke standing against the entire army, and it's this yeah. amazing shot where it's just Cap on his own with half a shield, and then on the other side is Thanos standing there with his giant, like double-edged sword, and then his huge army. And Cap doesn't give a shit; he's walking towards him anyway. Mm-hmm. He's gonna die, but you don't care. I just, I love it. I love it, and but then, like you say, then you get the cap. Can you hear me, Sam? On your left, and people start coming through. The music the, is amazing. The music swells like, to this I, point. I think this is the best score by far. Like <sighs> it, it get it's taken up a level in terms of epicness. The score and it, and it's really there are points where it's really melancholy, and yeah, I think the answer. But the, cal- the yeah. yeah, the caliber of this is is so much higher than it has been before. Like. Um, like Gacino scores in other things are yeah. amazing. Um, but I'd say about like the Civil War, yeah, fight scene in the airport with the track Civil War, yeah, where it's just this real swell up into this amazing crescendo <coughs> of sound, where it's so so heroic, but at the same time it's really tragic that yeah. these two people are fighting, these two groups are fighting one another. But with this, it's got this extra sense of gravitas throughout yeah. the whole thing, from the from literally the the title card. Is the Avengers theme, but it's got extra depth to it now. Yeah. It means more. Yeah. And everything about this has sort of got these added sort of levels of like just so bombastic in the way that it's yeah. put through as well. Um yeah, and then so then we get yeah, we get the, the reassembly of everything. And that's that's my um, moment. But mate, honestly, that like anything from that last sort of forty minutes could be in there really. I mean, there's so many throughout the movie, like because it's it, what it does do as well, and there's a moment that's sort of the midpoint of the movie where they're going through all the old um, movies and going back through time. I remember the first time I saw it, I was worried. I said this to you, didn't I? Yeah. I was, so the first time I saw the movie, I was worried that they were going to do time travel and they went back to the original Avengers movie um, and they were in Avengers Tower and they were like sneaking around each other, very Back to the Future too. And they went back to Guardians of the Galaxy and they went back to Thor Ragnarok. And I was just like, oh, I really hope they're not going to just do this for the next two hours and it's just going to be like a greatest hits. Like, remember yeah. this? Remember this bit? And look, because of what happens in the third act, like everything we were just talking about, they don't do that. And so it means when I went back and watched the movie the second time, I enjoyed it that much more. Because I went, no, this isn't the whole movie. This is just this bit in the middle. Mm-hmm. And it's a means to an end. That's yeah. what was good about the time travel. It wasn't. They didn't go back and kill baby Thanos or go back and stop it from happening. They can't stop it from happening. They all they can do is fix things the way they are now. So it's a me- the time travel is just a means for them to be able to get the thing to do what they need to do. Yeah, which is great. Um, but that whole sequence, I think, because I had sort of similar concerns. You hate time travel. I, you were I, really worried about it. I fucking hate time travel as a concept in so much stuff. Just because a lot of the time they spend so. The, the problem is I have with it is that people spend so much time talking about it yeah 
and they're like, oh, but this means this, and then, oh, this means this, and everything. Everyone always wants to sound really clever when they talk about time travel. Yeah, and it spends so much time just fucking wasting away, and they're like, oh, but then this, and then this, and they undercut their own logic. In this, they address their own logic, mm. and they say, and they do a lot of hand waving, but yeah. they say this is what this means. Oh, it's kind of it's on a Mobius strip, and then that's it. But then, but they even dedicate entire scenes. So, like, there's a really good scene as the one time we do see Ruffalo, yeah, between um, him and the ancient one, yeah, where they do actually talk about the actual yeah. theory and go, no, 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 look, you can't just go back and do this mm-hmm. because then that means that. And basically, what she's saying is like for us is if you go back and take the time stone out now, that means Do- the movie Doctor Strange doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, like it breaks the whole thing. He goes, right, okay, let's fix that. And so they actually spend a decent bit of time to go look. We know that the problems that this can cause, and so once you start thinking about time travel, it can break the whole thing. We're going to address it, and we're going to pay some lip service to it. And again, what they're then able to do is link it back into the plot, because at the very end of the movie, Steve then has to go on a mission yeah. to put everything, and put everything back where it was. Yeah. But again, that leads into a character moment. Yeah, and that's what I like, is that it? they've used time travel just as a device to go... Well, we're going to do this. 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 That's that's how it works. Okay. What else are we going to do? No, that's fine. That's that's as far as we're going to go. Yeah. We're not going to say about you have to do this and you can't talk to this and you can't do that when they like, talk about yeah. Back to the Future. That's amazing. When yeah, when because they direct they hang a lampshade on it in terms of Back to the Future, and so they actually reference Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, and a great bit. Yeah, when Scott's trying to explain, look, as long as we strictly follow the rules of time travel, and go. Wait a minute, what do you mean the rules of time travel? How do you know them? He goes, right, no betting on passport yeah. events. And so they go, wait a minute, wait, are you are you basing all of this around having watched Back to the Future? Because then that's your only point of reference for how this actually works. And you went, well, yeah. And they then take it apart, which is great. I love the fact that they did that. Um, yeah, and they and it's not even that they take it apart. They just say, it's bullshit. Yeah. Or it's horseshit. And then yeah. they're like, oh. And then they move on. And then yeah. they explain it away. And it's done. And I'm like, that's what I'm okay with in time travel. Yeah. I'm not okay with time travel of going back in time and seeding your own past to do your own future, to do this, to be this, to be this, to be this, because it never works. Yeah. Because logical, it's just, it just doesn't work. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so many, like, I, I picked that moment in terms of Thor, uh, Cap and the Hammer, and yours, the Avengers Assemble moment mm. is fucking amazing. Because it builds up and it slowly builds up with all the all the portals open and you see all the old characters coming back, everyone who died yep. coming back and they're all there to face Thanos and they're all like armies of people and there's literally there's this shot where it's like two armies opposing each other and it's like okay this is like Lord of the Rings I'm watching now this is fucking the scale of it is unbelievable and there's yeah. and they pan in and I would love to see obviously when it comes out on Blu-ray and stuff we'll be able to do it but there's that moment before Cap says the line where he zooms in on everybody gathered around him and you can just pause it and just look at the characters that are now assembled. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my God, I can't believe we're here. And that's there's, the there's thing. Spider-Man, like, there's Doctor Strange, there's Captain Marvel, there's... Well, no, sorry, like, Captain Marvel isn't there yet, but... No, but, like, everybody's there, but it's also... It's not just that as well. It's, it's the fact that they've gone so far as to include the Wakandan army. Yep. They've included the Ravagers. They've included the Zandarians. Howard the Duck is there. Howard the Duck is there. They've included all of the people that are part of this magic order from Doctor Strange. Yeah. They've got everything in there. Yeah. They've got 
it's like there's they've got Asgardians in there. They've got all of it that's been thoughtfully brought together into this massive piece. Yeah, Valkyrie riding a fucking, fucking Pegasus. Yeah, <laughs> but you think, just think about the scale. Is this this is what I sort of keep saying to people is that it's almost impossible for this to have have worked as yeah. well as it has. Yeah, there are things that you can talk about in the story, and you go, yeah, but and you're like, no, no. This is twenty two films in. 11 years and has come from you know not very much at all yeah this almost indie production yeah right from the start to here and it's taken stories from all of these other films that have all pulled together some more successfully than others into this final thing and you just go that's as much as it stands alone as it does work as a film yeah it doesn't turn around and pander to people and go, this is Iron Man, this is what he did, this is Tony, yeah. this is what he did, this is Thor, this is what he did, this is Steve. Yeah, and it, it, so, like, there's lots of... That's both its greatest weakness and its greatest strength. Yeah, is that is it's built on the... on the Yeah, it, it's an amazing combination of things. It's like a season finale yeah. of a TV show. Um, and the, a lot of it, like, the reason things are as poignant and are, are as amazing as they are is because of you know everything coming forward. So, like, the Avengers Assemble, part of the reason that worked so well is because it's never been said before. And no, they've waited until now. Like, they've never said it. In, in all this time, they've never said Avengers Assemble, which is a very famous quote and a very famous, you know... It's the battle cry it's the battle of the cry. Avengers. Exactly. And it's never been said on screen. He almost said it at the end of Age of Ultron. He goes, Avengers, and then it cut. The film was called Avengers Assemble over here in the in the UK, but no one ever said it. And then now they've earned it after twenty two after twenty two movies, and the fact that it's not just the Avengers, it's everybody, it's all the forces of good throughout this entire universe. Yeah, and you can go Avengers Assemble, and then like when they would like he said that, and then they charged. Like I almost jumped out of my fucking seat and started running with him. I was down. I would have followed Captain America into the jaws of hell at that moment. <laughs> I don't give a shit. It was amazing. It was an amazing thing to witness. Um, and yeah. I just, and it is sort of pretty much a pivotal moment. It yeah. is, I think it's the modern Star Wars moment. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and the battle in season, the battle is just littered with amazing moments. Yeah. And some of them are just outright, oh my God, that looks so cool. Like stuff like, you know, the Ant-Man knocking out the... the um, was it the big slug thing, which is a callback to the original yeah. Avengers? But then you also get nice little character moments. Like it was great when um, Peter and Tony were reunited. Oh, that's that's that again. That's a really powerful moment that Peter just comes back, and the first person that he goes to is Tony. Yeah, and Tony can't can't even process it. He can't even find words. But I just love that it's he, just the look yeah. of love that he's got for that kid yeah. at that point. And again, that's that's part of the strength of Downey's performance. And this is something we're going to have to get onto this scene as well. Is that a lot of it is communicated without dialogue? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it. Don't get me wrong. He has speeches and stuff, but there are moments like that one in particular, like that one st- stands out. Yeah. Where he doesn't say anything. No. It's just all over his face. Mm-hmm. And I think that's. I think that again is testament to between the Russos, Marcus McFeely and Downey. They've used a character who's so well established for being the motor mouth and for being the smart mouth and for always having a line. And the most powerful moments 
are when he can't is when he can't speak. So that point that Spider Man comes back and all he does is hug him. Yeah. And then without any sort of further ado, when he dies. Yeah. Dying. So his death scene. Yeah. He's got Pepper, he's got Rhodey, he's got Peter with him yeah. when he dies. And it's like, who else? Yeah, and they're all there and they've all got things to say or they're all getting emotional. Like, Rhodey doesn't say anything, but Cheadle no. absolutely sells it. Again, fucking, honestly, that kid, I keep calling him a kid. <laughs> I keep calling him a kid. He's like 22. He's like four years younger than you. I know, shut up. But he... <laughs> He breaks my heart. Like everything he does is, and he just has this amazing moment. Where it's like, Miss, Mr. Stark, we did it. We did it, man. Come on. And it just, it tell you what, like, I had a little pang of it, and it reminded me of like, um, uh, Lion King. Yeah. Yeah, when he's trying to get, Dad, come on, get up. Yeah. Get up. Wake up, Dad. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, Oh, God, my heart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, and Pepper is there. And again, Pepper gets her moment wearing mm-hmm. the suit. Um, but then, yeah, she gets to have that scene with Tony. Yeah. Um, and he never, doesn't, never says anything. Doesn't. And I love that. His last line is, I am Iron Man. That That is amazing, that bit. And I literally was reading about it earlier. Apparently, yeah, the, there was cuts right up to the very last minute where he didn't say anything. Yeah. And they changed it last minute. It was the editor who came up with that idea who said he should say, I am Iron Man. Yeah. And then click his fingers. And they had loads of different lines written in for what he should say. And it's like, it's perfect because they have this whole thing with Thanos. He goes, I am inevitable. Clicks, nothing happens. Tony, I am Iron Man. Because he says, yeah, he says, yeah, well, I am Iron Man. You're like, fuck. It's perfect. It's just, that, and that's it's the perfect almost, exit because it is like... That's almost up there with with Molnir for me. It's more or less the same, to be fair. I can't really separate the two yeah. moments. Yeah, I think Avengers Assemble for me is still the standout moment. Yeah. Like because it is just this build up of for me it's like thirty years worth, man, of yeah. like from reading the comic. Like the first comic book I was ever given was an Avengers comic. Yeah. And um that's why the original film has such a special place in my heart. That's why all of this stuff is so important to me and it's like one of the between Spider Man and the Avengers were the two comics that I always bought. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just fucking it just fucking got me, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, just and then then it's a case of the last sort of ten minutes of the movie is just you don't really see them the first time you watch it because your eyes are just covered in tears. And yeah, like you, it's all blurry because it is. Oh fuck! I was I was, a, I was you were an absolute wreck. I was an absolute wreck. Because then they basically go through the whole process of Tony going, and he's left this message for them. Mm-hmm. And there are part like I remember when I first watched them. It, and the message was coming out. I was like, is this Robert Downey Jr. talking about the MCU or is this Tony talking about... Like, because he was a bit on the nose. He was a bit like, I knew we weren't alone, but I mean, come on, to this extent? I mean, this is crazy. Yeah. Like this, what, what world? I mean, a universe now as it cuts to the... like. I'm like, it's a bit much. It's a bit on the nose. But, again, who cares? What, what, yeah, exactly. I mean, what, you, you, what else could you put in at that point? It's, that's the universe that it's been set yeah. at. Yeah, um, and he has this yeah amazing little um, hologram thing where he's yeah. saying goodbye. Um, and just, he looks at and he's like looks up at his daughter who's like sat there and she, like great performance from the kid. And she's like looks like she's scared. She doesn't understand what she's looking at because her dad. But she's also been told that her dad's gone. 
And then he says, I love you 3,000. Yeah. And that's his last line. Don't click your finger when you say it. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah. and no, it's... The clicking's okay now. Clicking is a, mm. clicking is a defiant, triumphant still, thing that we do. Still painful. Like, I know we got it all back. It's still painful. We got it all back. Still hurts. Um, but yeah, and it, it's... And again, like I said, this this great big culmination of 22 films or 21 films and 11 years. and yeah. There's so much that's led to this point. And at the moment, like I know I put it in the show notes where we're talking about oh, what's the legacy and how is the MCU going to carry on from here. Mm. But as it stands at the moment, I'm all right with waiting. Yeah. Because we got this big payoff. Yeah. Um, I don't I mean, need to. I don't need to move straight into something else. No, I think there'll be a, a good. Although, yeah, there's going to be a bit of a resting period. Although I have seen that apparently there's going to be a new trailer for Spider Man next week. Okay, well um, I'm not going to watch it, but I feel like I have to because my big thing now is that they need to address. They'll be able to address what the world's like. Yeah. Now following this, and also, and what I love. Part of the other thing that I love about Endgame is that it is this passing on of the gauntlet, quite literally. Mm-hmm. So in the um, in the final battle, there are moments where um, they're basically trying to get the infinite the gauntlet that Tony has created with all the Infinity Stones. They're trying to get it back to the time machine so they can get it out of there so um, Thanos can't get it. And there's moments where so it's Clint is running along with it with it in his hands, and then T'Challa, Black Panther, turns up and goes, "Give it to me." He takes it, and then um, and then. Peter, Peter, takes, Peter it. takes it and he runs with it for a while and then Captain Marvel turns up and she takes it and it's quite literally like it's like a baton quite literally being passed from the old Avengers to yeah. the new Avengers but it's the same and if you look at if you go back to Avengers Assemble and there's that moment where it's each part of the battle is being passed on to the next character in this yeah. sweeping shot yeah. it's like that and you see everything happening in the background and you see Peter's about to be sort of taken out and then Giant Man squashes. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what they called him in this. Black Dwarf in the comic yeah. is what he's called. But um, but yeah. So, but so the big bad guy, uh, he gets squashed, and then you see this happen. And then you see the Dora Milaje, and then you see Captain Marvel, and then you see Valkyrie, and then you see all of this is pulling together in this like amazing way of showing you that this isn't over. No, no. Like they, I think they do a really good job of balancing out the two, the two sides of it because. Prior to the big battle, there yeah. was also a very personal battle between the tri- the um, Trinity yeah. and Thanos, and that's very much their sort of standout action moment, if you like. Yeah, and they're working in tandem, they're working together. Like Thor powers up Iron Man at one point, so Iron Man can fucking like smash him, and like yeah, they're all great. But then when the big battle turns up, that's when it's like these are all the people we lost, and now they're going to turn the tide because we brought them back. Yeah, so it is, it manages to be triumphant and not like negate either side of it if you see mm-hmm. what I mean like it doesn't say oh well you lot would be nothing without us yeah it manages to balance it in yeah. both ways it's like no they're amazing but so are you yeah exactly <laughs> like, but also again and then we're saying about like the way that it pays off from previous films when they talk about well how are we going to win this together together what if we lose well we'll do that together too they did lose and they didn't do that together yeah but what they did do was they brought everybody together yeah. into this final scene. Everyone was together and they won. And that was the whole thing, yeah. That's the whole thing they set up in, in Infinity War. And like we talked about it when we talked about Infinity War, is that it's just a litany of mistakes. Yeah. The biggest one being that 
not everyone was together all at the same time. Yeah. If they had been, maybe they could have start, stood a chance. And this movie proved it. Yeah. And then some. Because it was just, not only was it everyone who was involved in Infinity War, it was ev- uh, more people on top of that. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, all the Doctor Strange's lot, all the, you know, the Ravagers, and everyone you can think of, apart from the Defenders, because f- fuck you. Uh, all right, mate, but we'll talk about that another time. I just wanted, instead of having Peter do instant kill, I would have loved it if he's getting swarmed over by all these things, and then suddenly there's a guy wearing a fucking skull t-shirt and he just rams him down with a giant <laughs> fucking minigun and it's John Bernthal as Frank Castle and he just cleared them off for it. Not even that, just to have Luke, Iron Fist and Daredevil and Jessica Jones just going. Yeah. But well, yeah, no, but, that, that's... Just, but like also I would have loved to have seen um, Colleen Wing. Okay. With it, with the, um, now that she's got, because she's, had the, she's yeah. got the Iron Fist at the end so I would love in the middle of that battle, just this badass with a katana just wiping things. Like, but that's and that's. But anyway, I'm just I'm wish fulfilled. And like, there's literally a line in that where, like, at one point, Dot Strange talks to um, Wong and says to him, "Is that everybody?" And Wong goes, "What you wanted more?" And Wong is talking to me at that point. Yep. He's saying, "You ungrateful bastard! Look at everything you have. Yeah. Like, how dare you ask more?" And like, yeah, fair enough. All right, I can't really argue with that. Um... But I mean, one more thing we I think we need to talk about because we've talked about how Tony's story wraps up and how perfect it was, really. But we haven't talked about Cap and how his story wraps up. Yeah, and I think it's fitting that we end with this. I am so again so proud of them about the way they ended this movie. Yeah, um, how sort of subdued and touching it was. Perfect ending. It was brilliant. So they they had all the sadness with Tony um, and they had the funeral scene where every single character from all the different franchises was there and the idea and they had this great shot where they panned through more and it's like this has all come from Tony. This is where it started and this is everything that's built up and they have it like everyone strategically placed so the last person you see is Captain Marvel because she was the last one to join the universe. Anyway, then they have this bit at the end where it's Cap and Cap has to go back and put back all the Infinity Stones back to where they were to stop any... And Mjolnir. And Mjolnir. I can't say it. And the, the hammer. Thor's, <laughs> Thor's, Thor's magic belt. Um, oh, Megan, yeah. Uh, I've it, done my fucking homework, son. Don't. Your dad liked cheeseburgers. Don't. That was a cheap shot. Why did you bring me to that? Because I was thinking about fucking Favreau, wasn't I? Anyway, um... <laughs> Yeah, so and then Cap goes back through time to replace everything, and they have this amazing moment where they're Sam and all the sort of Captain America sporting characters. So Sam and Bucky are waiting for him to come back, and he doesn't. They look round, and there's this old man sat on the bench. Yeah, and it's Steve, and they do a really good job of um, aging up Chris Evans, and he basically explains that he went back and had a life. Yeah, he he does it really enigmatically. He doesn't explain exactly what it is. He just says, "Look, I went and got some of that life that Tony was talking about," because he finds that he said, "I'm not that guy anymore," but I was, and now he has the means to be able to go back and be that guy again. Mm-hmm. So he went back and did what he did. He gets to hand over the shield to Sam, which is an amazing moment. Yeah, and I thought Mackie absolutely nailed it. Just he was welling up and just said, "Thank you," which was perfect. As the Captain America theme, like, da, 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 like and then it cuts, 
and they had this old timey 1940s music, which I think is it's been a long, long time. Is the name of the song? Uh, yeah, I can't um, remember now. And it's just this picket fence ideal of America from like the 1950s. Yeah, with all the old cars driving around, and it slowly pans in into a window, and you see Peggy Carter dancing with a, a bloke. And as he turns around, you see it's Steve and it's young Steve. And they kiss, and then the movie ends. And it's just like, I can't imagine a better way of doing it. No. It's, it's so well directed. It's, it's, it takes just the exact right amount of time to pay off. And it, yeah, it absolutely nails it. And it just it brings everything right back to the first Captain America movie with You Still Owe Me a Dance. Civil War, he had to bury her because she got she yeah. was that much older than him. And he mentioned it earlier in this movie because I met the love of my life and then I got trapped in the ice for 70 years. I yeah. didn't get to be with her. Then it comes back to this. And it's just, yeah, it's just the perfect way to sort of tie it off is with Tony's passing and his final message to everyone and Cap's Cap getting his happy ending. So they do like it's this thing with Tony's one is that it has the potential to be overwhelmingly sad, but they managed to find a way to make it almost okay. Like the way that mm-hmm. Pepper frames it, they have this whole thing about okay, he figures out time travel earlier in the movie, and he goes, "Look, I don't have to do anything with this." And she goes, "But yeah, you could forget it, but would you be able to rest?" Exactly. Because you do always have it in the back of your head and you're too good a guy. Yeah. You know that you could save not only you guys can't help everybody because yeah, but maybe you can. And like they know each other well. Again, that's another relationship that's built up really well. We've had our issues with Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, I mean but, Gwyneth Paltrow's been the victim of some fairly poor writing. Yeah, I think she for the small amount of screen time she gets in this one, I think she does a really, really good job. Yeah. Um and you feel the weight of all that history those two have together. Um but yeah, and then it means that she then says that to him but as he's dying, he's like, look, you can rest now. So he can rest and then you get Cap's ending where he gets the life that he always wanted. Yeah. So even though Tony's is a, is a tragic ending, it's almost, as, yeah, it's this bittersweet. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, is you do really feel for the fact that he does have a daughter now, but they didn't oversell the fact that it is this, like you say, it's not, this super tragic moment. Yeah. Because the victory has been, the day has been won by his victory. Yeah. And the fact that we didn't hang around too much yeah. with his daughter, didn't lean too much on the fact yeah. that she was going to see her dad be dead or... They make it clear that like, everyone's going to gather around this little girl. Yeah. And, and be there yeah. for her. Like, she's got Pepper, she's got Rody, she's got Happy, they have that great little scene. Yeah. Um, between her and Happy. Yeah. Um, so and then like, the, all of like the Avengers pretty much are there exactly. at his funeral. You think about what they would do for that little girl. Yeah. Like, and it's like, I'm sure there might be something they play up later on. Don't yeah, they might come back to it. They might change things up. They might do things totally differently. But yeah, it's just such... The ending is so perfect. Yeah. Like, And the other part of the ending, like the Guardians ending with Thor, yeah. is him moving on with his life, taking this mantle of responsibility off and just going out there to do something yeah he's finally himself and then the oh fuck the bit the bit that got me not 
the not the bit that made me cry the most, but the bit that really, really tipped me over the edge at one point was Peter's walking back into the school. <sighs> Fucking again, hell. Tom Holland. I can't praise Tom Holland enough. That he's an amazing actor. He really, really is. I got. I pray to God that he's going to be like the new RDJ, and he'll be playing this character for the next twenty years. I hope so. Because goddamn, like yeah. He, again, with no. He just comes in and he's sort of hugging himself a little bit and he's just a bit confused and not sure what's going on. He's got tears in his eyes and he looks around and he sees his mate, Ned. And Ned's just as sort of perplexed by the whole thing. And then I think what they've... So, yeah. I think we might have to start moving into what's next if we're going to talk about those two. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we should go too far into it now because uh, other than blind speculation and talking about Far From Home... Yeah. Which we're going to do in a few weeks anyway. Yeah. I think the future, in my mind, the future that we've got is so vague at the moment. Deliberately so. And Kevin Feige, uh, Kevin Feige has said that Far From Home is going to be the end of yeah. this volume. Yeah, and my the way I'm looking at it at the moment is that we've just got to the end of the novel and Far From Home is going to be the epilogue. So is that it's it's dealing it's going to be setting up new stuff and it's going to be a fun little you know adventure all on its own, but it will be very much dealing with the the ramifications of Endgame and not only just on a personal level for Peter about losing Tony about it'll also tell us about what the state of the world is like. Yeah. After um, can we one thing I do want to do what is I do want to call you out on your uh, what your theory what of Infinity War. What was my what was my theory? Your theory of Infinity War that was that Peter Parker was coming back from the field trip from Far oh, From Home. Oh yeah, all right, fine. So all right, well, that could still be true. It's not, <laughs> but it would fit, and it would yeah. But yeah, never mind. Apparently so, he said Oklahoma. We all had some mad ideas. Yeah. All right. Fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs> Fucking fine. It's all right. Um, we've rattled on for fucking ages. We have. We are. Well over on the time that we anticipated. Yeah, we we knew this was going to happen. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. If you have listened this far, <laughs> yeah, if, and let us know again. Let us know your thoughts. Give thoughts on end game. Thoughts on where what's going to happen next. Um, and yeah, thoughts on the, how well you did. Was there anyone who's? I haven't come across anyone yet who's been disappointed no. by end game. Um, I think it's pretty universally praised by most of the fans and yeah. people that I know. Um, but that's the thing. We I we live in a bubble of fandom, don't we? Yeah. We, quite everyone, everyone we know is a fan of this stuff. So it's, and it, this is a film made for those fans. Yeah, um, it is, and that's the thing. And but but then you look at people outside of that sort of bubble. My girlfriend, for example, hasn't seen barely any of the MCU films at all. Yeah. She's not interested in seeing this. No, absolutely. Yeah, but um. And so it, yeah, it's a really uh, interesting way of looking at it. You're like, oh, you, yeah, everyone loves this, and everybody's talking about it. And then you sit down and talk to someone who's just doesn't matter. Yeah, it's a really strange scenario. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, let us know your thoughts because if we're way off the mark from what you know, let us know because it, it, we're genuinely interested in this sort of stuff. Yeah, this and this is a film that will, will prompt conversation for God knows how long. Yeah. Um. Yeah, well beyond 
the the next few movies and and all you know whatever happens with this franchise or you know comic book movies in general. There's always going to be <laughs> comparisons and and things talked about in relation to Endgame. Um, so yeah, let us know what you think. Um, and we will be back next week. We're going to get back into the grand rewatch next week. Yeah. Uh, because the next movie coming after after this, it feels weird to think that there's movies after this. Like, why would you even bother? Yeah, exactly. Um, but but there are movies continue to come out almost every day. Um, so the next movie we're going to be covering um, is going to be John Wick three. Yep. So we're going to go back and we're going to watch John Wick and John Wick two, um, and we're going to do a proper you know grand rewatch episodes about those two. And then at some point in amongst all that, there's also Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Um, which we're both very interested to see. Um, who knew? <laughs> Detective Pikachu would be something I'll be yep. excited to see. But here we are. One of the video game adaptation movies this year. Yep, as part of the um, Super Smash Bros. interconnected cinematic universe. Dang, it'll happen, is it? Totally is. It's totally happening. Probably end it there, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, find us on the socials um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yep. Search for The Omcast. Um, and yeah, and thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Like, I mean, again, thinking about all the implications of the snap and the five years and all that, well, they could use that as a way of mm-hmm. getting into the mutants and go, right, now that this, for a certain section of the population, all these kids who came back five years later, they found they didn't come back the same. Yeah. Some of them started... Because, like, some of the kids in Peter's class or whatever. Well, it's. Started having. Because they had traumatic, like, they're having, like, flashes of things that they're. Or whatever. You could do. But think about where, like, Wanda got her powers from. Yeah. Exactly. You know, she got them from the stone. stone. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So, could all these people have an effect from being encountered by this Infinity Stone? Yeah, they, they were. They were. They ceased to exist and then were brought back by the Infinity Stone. So, they've been subject to this cosmic power that they don't mm-hmm. understand. And to a, for a certain percentage of a percentage. It was the percentage of the percentage. So it was like the 50%, then half that again, half that again. And then you get this very small percentage that start developing strange abilities as Mm -hmm. a result of having come through. Yeah. And there could be whatever abilities you want because you've got all six infinity stones. Yeah. Right. That's it. We've solved it. (laughs) That's it. That's how you MCU the X-Men. Um, thanks. Uh, Kevin Feige. We'll take our check, um, in the mail. Yeah. And you're not hearing my, Fantastic Four plan yet because I'm not. No, don't share that because that's too good. You know what Marvel is? Don't the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Don't fucking say it. It's a phenomenon. Or a phenomenon. Phenomenon. Oh.